Edge of Your Seat podcast has such an amazing episode 213 with guest Leah Bosnich, St. Bede volleyball player, Abby Bosnich, St. Bede coach, to talk about their amazing regional victory with the St. Bede Lady Bruins volleyball program, the second in program history, the first one being in 2001 when Abby Bosnich was actually a player. So Abby being a player and a coach for the two regional championships, St. Beat history, pretty, pretty impressive. Also, right in the same week, her and her partner had a baby. So an amazing week for Abby Bosnich. Had to get that out. Then we got Devin Masters talking about some NFL playoffs, the divisional rounds, then predicting who was going to win the AFC and NFC championship games. No, it's a little late now, being that it's Super Bowl Sunday, this Sunday the 13th, today being Wednesday, February 9th. However, the next episode, or the next one after, we're going to try to put three out in three days. Has not been a while since Edge of Your Seat Podcast has been able to do that, but we're hungry. We're ready to get some shows out. So many amazing interviews that have been on in a vault, just ready to get out, been fighting to get out, and life has just been crazy, hasn't been able to happen. Well, it is now. But for a special Super Bowl episode, we will have Devin Masters, Ski Hartman, general manager at our great, great, great sponsor, Shimmer Mendota Ford, and our buddy, originally started off as a co-host, then our schedules, our lives did not intermingle like we wanted them to. But still, a great friend of mine. I always look at him like a brother, Tony Milas. We're going to have Super Bowl predictions, what they think is going to happen. But let's get back to this episode, 213, the Bosniches, Devin Masters, a bunch of amazing things. Before we get there, let's get to the plugs. I'm Brandon Lachance, your host. Thank you very, very much for the love and support. No, we have not been kicking out episodes in the quantity that we would like to, but we're getting there. We're getting back. I promise. I promise. I promise. Don't know where you listen to this episode, but you can check out Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Social media, hit us up on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. If you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest. You don't like something I say, you like something I say, or something the guest said, or you want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, shoot us an email at edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Big shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Big shout out to my SIU brethren. And we can never, ever, ever, ever forget our sponsors. All great people, all great companies. Shimmer Mendota Ford helps put us on the map. They bring the show every single episode. Much love to them. If you have any questions, inquiries, you need a car, you want to buy a car for somebody else, hit up Shimmer Mendota Ford at 815-539-9314. Or go to the lot just south of Mendota on Highway 251. Speak to Ski Hartman, the general manager, great friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, or Doug Safranic. He's from Mendota, basketball player of the year in 2003. Got tons of knowledge about vehicles, and he probably knows you. He's been around the area his whole entire life, 
and just wants to help you get the vehicle you're looking for. And Jason Hintz, he's been with Shimmer Mendota Ford for six years, so he's got the experience to know how to help you in every way possible. Mendota Shimmer Ford is the way to go if you're looking for a vehicle. Make sure you hit them up and see what they got for you. It is still February. There's snow on the ground. There's ice on the ground. But you can always, always, always renovate, improve, fix anything around your home or anything that has to do with your home. That's where Olsen Construction comes in because brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olsen have the skills to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate. It's time for the percolator. That might be my favorite part of any ad that I've ever, ever, ever did. But they had the experience 10 plus years of taking care of homes to the best of their abilities. And they have many, many, many return customers because of their work. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. We're not done yet. What about cleaning your vehicle? We already got a place where you can buy one. What about cleaning it, fixing it, things of that nature? Because driving around rural Illinois can be taxing on your car. Especially the beauty and longevity with the ice, the snow, the salt, all the stuff that gets piled on your car. That's where HC Detailing does its work. Located at 1204 6th Avenue, aka Route 34 in Mendota, HC Detailing and owner Horatio Casas will erase all the weather elements and grime to keep your car looking like it just came off the showroom floor. And if you need more than just a cleaning, it doubles as Mendota muffler and brakes. So in essence, you can have your car cleaned, detailed, and beautified, and have your brakes, mufflers, suspensions, tires fixed or replaced at the same place. Give Horatio Casas, HC Detailing, and Mendota Muffler and Brakes a call at 815-252-9518 or send an email to hch1680 at yahoo.com for all of their amazing services. Well, with that said... We can't wait anymore. We got some volleyball. We got some football to talk about. Let's get to it right now. Until next time. Peace. Love the sport of volleyball, and it's weird because I never thought I would. High school, I really didn't pay attention. But as I got older, in the sports world, being a journalist, I absolutely love volleyball. It's a lot of fun to cover, a lot of fun to talk about. And my guest has a lot of awesome to talk about volleyball. I am speaking of St. Bede senior, Leah Bosnich. Leah, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm always happy to talk about some volleyball, and um, I hear you know how to play some volleyball. Yes, I do. Just a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> how long have you played volleyball? I've played volleyball since fifth grade. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Good stuff. It's a fun sport to play. Oh, definitely. Not only is it a fun sport to play, it's always fun to win sports, but you guys, the Lady Bruins, won a regional for the second time in school history and the first time since 2001. That had to be crazy amazing. It was definitely crazy amazing. What does it mean to you to be a part of this team? Being part of this team is definitely something special. Coming from like the beginning of the season, like nobody thought we'd be here, and proving everyone wrong, just it feels so good to be part of the people that proved them wrong. 
to that in a second. Entering the postseason as a 10 seed usually doesn't get to a championship, let alone win it. But let's talk about this team first. I mean, some seniors, some younger kids. This is uh, Abby Boslinch's second year coaching. So there was a lot of moving pieces. How do you think you guys did going about putting them together? And although, I mean, you guys finished with a 15 and 20 and one record, I mean, you guys made some things happen. At the beginning, we had a difficulty adjusting, but I'm happy that we peaked and figured out at the right time, which happened to be right at the end of the season when regionals were happening. What were some of the, you know, intangibles or X's and O's that you were talking about peaking at? What exactly were those that, you know, led you guys to a regional championship? I just feel like we figured it out. We learned how to play together. We learned what communication really was. We learned to trust each other. Um, our energy really carried on with us onto the court. We just did all the right things. I don't really know. I, I'm trying to figure it out myself. We just did, figured it out at the right time. I mentioned the record, 15, 20, and 1. It doesn't seem like you guys let that bother you. You get to the postseason, and you kind of have to have the philosophy of like, hey, this is a new season, records don't matter, and it, obviously that's kind of what you guys did. We knew we had stuff to fix, and we didn't let those errors from the past get to us, and we fixed what needed to be fixed. Let's talk about the winding down moments of the regional championship. What was going through your mind and what was happening in, you know, the little huddles and stuff after each possession of, you know, hey, we might be able to do this? Every regional huddle we had, we were bringing the energy. We were like, hey, we're doing good. We got this. We're doing everything right, it feels like. We don't really need to get let the errors get to us because we are ahead. Like, we pretty much were ahead every game we played, and we kept reminding ourselves that so we wouldn't get down on ourselves, and we kept the energy up. So let's kind of break down the postseason tournament. We start off semifinal against Marquette. Marquette has been having a good season. Their coach, Mindy McCarthy, is really awesome. They have a good program, and you guys know each other really well. How was it beating them in the postseason? We played them one of our last regular season games, and we beat them. And our coach kept reminding us, hey, they have some like sophomores and freshmen that play with them. They're going to be ready regionals because they haven't played two games before this. They're going to come at us hard. We kept reminding ourselves. We pretended like we didn't play them so we wouldn't let that get to our heads that we beat them before. So it felt good to beat them again because they came at us. They were ready to play a regional game, and I, if I remember correctly, the score was really close each time. So they were, they came at us, but we, we wanted it so bad we didn't let our little mistakes get to us that game. I know once upon a time, St. Beat and Marquette in the same conference kind of looked at each other as rivals. Is it still the same way now or not as much? I think we're still a little bit rivals. I've played softball with a lot of the girls, and I know people from, like, you girls on my team are pretty close with them. So it always feels good to beat your friends. Oh, yeah. There's no friends when it comes to the sports stage. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Good stuff. So then we get to the regional final. You go up against Streeter Woodland, also a pretty solid team this year. And you guys beat them, win a regional championship. What was going on in that match that kind of led to that happening? I felt we played really scrappy. We didn't let a lot of balls drop. I know I was like, we're gonna, I got this. Like, we are here for a reason. We are going to win. I don't, like, every time I went up for a hit, I made sure that I wasn't going to 
like not follow through. I knew exactly what I was going to do so that I could get us that point. A lot of my team were on that game. We were all doing good. We had so much energy. We all knew we were there for a reason and we were going to make it happen. What was the celebration like after, you know, it's all done? Game's over. You're regional champions. First time in 20 years. What happened? Point 24, when we were at point 24, I was on the bench because my sister was in playing middle and I'm not a back row player, so I was on the bench. And I just remember I couldn't stop shaking. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I kept jumping up every time like the ball would go over the net thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And when we got that last point, we all just <laughs> came together. We all sprinted on the floor. When the student section came running out, like out on the court, uh, it was like a dream. I, I don't know how to explain it, but a dream. It felt so good. Just one of those moments in sports that you're never going to forget. Yeah, for sure. I, the feeling is indescribable. And the girls you play with, probably been playing together with for a lot of those years since fifth grade. Yeah. So it's kind of like a coming together moment of so many years playing together, get to high school, and then you win a regional. So it's kind of like a, you know, a, the icing on the cake. Oh, for sure. It felt so good to just bring it all together and finish with a big win. You mentioned you're a front row player. Who are some of the other you know, Lady Bruins that you play with in the front row that you've bonded with together over the years? Over the years, me and my right side hitter, Ryan Stout, we really learned to grow together and play together. We could communicate really well. And at the beginning of the season, we'd like run into each other with our blocks, but we can like communicate easily to fix that. My left side hitter, outside hitter, whatever you want to call it, is Leah Swajinski. Me and Leah have been playing together since seventh grade, so that connection has always been there. We play together so easily. And then my setter, Grace Moshman, um, me and her have built a really good bond, and I knew I could always count on her to make the right choice, and she's such a good setter. She's so talented at this sport. I couldn't be more proud of her, and I knew I could communicate with her if I wanted something fixed, but normally I didn't need it to be fixed because she's so good at this sport. Good stuff, and she was a nice, I'm not going to say replacement, a nice, you know, the next class is coming up after Elena Wamhoff, who owned that position for four years. Yeah, no, for sure. Grace did a really good job of stepping up and filling her shoes because everyone knew, D1 volleyball player, like, oh, are we going to like have someone that's going to meet her standards? And I think Grace met her standards perfectly. And then it made your life easier because you guys knew each other. For sure, and our bond was so good this season. Did you ever take her out for ice cream after a couple good sets? <laughs> I should have. She deserves it. <laughs> Perfect. So then we ran into yesterday's sectional semifinal, today being Tuesday, November 2nd. Yesterday was Monday. You get to the semifinals, run into Eastland. Seems like Eastland, I don't know how they do it, but they put together teams in every single sport that make long playoff runs in Class 1A. Did it again in volleyball, and they defeated you guys in two sets. I know it had to be kind of kind of crushing to end your season when you know you still want to play. Yeah, it, no one ever wants their season to end, and it's so hard. Especially, I never realized it, but when you're a senior, it's three times as hard as it normally is. Do you think it's because, you know, the emotions and, you know, like, hey, there is a clock here now. There's only so many more games, only so many more possessions where when you're younger, you know, you, hey, I got three more years. I got two more years, and, you know, it goes on like that. Yeah, like last night, I was like, told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to get emotional, like, it's okay, 
like, I'll play again. I'm like, wait, but I'm never going to, like, be able to step on a court in a St. Bede volleyball uniform ever again. And that's, like, hard to come to terms with, especially since, like, I have been like, oh, I got next year. I got next year. It's just different, especially since it's the first sports season. It doesn't feel like reality until it actually happens. Yeah, because this is the first one. We still got winter. We got spring. So a couple more sports left. But this seems like it's kind of, is this your number one love, volleyball? Uh, basketball is my number one. Gotcha. I do know that you're a fantastic basketball player, too. Thanks. Practice started yesterday, didn't it? It was supposed to start Monday, but with our sectional game, it now starts Thursday. So now you're going one sport to the next, and it already sounds like, okay, I'm ready. I want to play some basketball. Oh, yeah. I, I've been ready. Well, we've talked a lot about volleyball. Let's try to sum it up the best we can. I know the amount of years that you have in the sport and the amount of years that you have at St. Bede and the connections you have with all these players, it's hard to, you know, brief summarize. Try to talk as much volleyball as possible. You guys had a fantastic year, and again, being part of that, had to, you know, make a pretty awesome moment for your senior year. Yes, it was so bittersweet. And you got to play for your... Abby, who I had mentioned, Abby Bosnich, who is your cousin. Yes, I'm happy I got to play with her, and I'm also really happy that I got the chance to play with my sister, who's a sophomore. Abby brought her up this year to play the middle, and I wasn't too happy about that at first, you know. You never really want, like, nervous, like, oh, is my sister going to do better than me? But I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And what's your sister's name? we got to give her a shout-out. Allie, Allie Bosnick, number 22. Is she going to be good for the Bruins? Oh, she's, she has so much potential ahead of her. She's going to be great. She's going to be better than me. Is she better than you now? Um, well, no. I'm, you know, I <laughs> don't want to admit that. No, you never can. As the older sister, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I think I'm, I did good, but she also did good. We had, we both had our good games. Let's move on to basketball. Starting Thursday... And basketball, you said, is your first love. Where uh, I know you're kind of taller. Are you like a forward center kind of player? Yeah. Um, define me as a, like a four, which is I can shoot outside shots. Mostly wants me down in the block. That's kind of where I'm strongest at. Okay. And how long have you been playing basketball? I've been playing basketball as long as I've been playing volleyball. But for basketball, I've played a little bit of travel basketball with the Illinois Valley Warriors for a few years. So I've had a little more experience with basketball than volleyball. Okay, so you know uh, another friend of mine, Pat Chenault. Yes, I do. I know him. Yep, Illinois Valley Warriors coach. Got to have him on. He hasn't been on yet, but he's he's a pretty crazy busy guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's something. <laughs> I, I say that in the best way possible. Oh, yeah, definitely. I understand. I think everybody that knows Pat Chenault will say he's something. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. What is, you know, the most excited that you are about this uh, basketball season? Is there anything that you want it to happen or anything that, you know, stands out like, hey, this would make the basketball season crazy awesome? Well, just like volleyball, I think we have so much potential in every player that is coming in. And winning another regional would feel great. I know when I was in grade school, I went to Trinity Catholic Academy, and we won. We went to state in every sport. So winning these regional titles again, it, it just, I, I don't know. It's the undescribable feeling. It's so good. Everyone wants to win a regional, of course. But I think we. I think this is our year for basketball. 
other players from the volleyball team that also play basketball? I almost all of them. But like literally all of them, I think. That's what I do like about St. Bede. There's there's really no athlete that plays one sport. You play one, you play them all. Yeah, we're all really involved. And it make, it's easier because it's like we just played volleyball together, so we're going to know how to connect and play basketball together as well. And I've always been a fan of three-sport athletes because, you know, you're using different muscle memory and it makes you a better athlete. So not just doing the same repetitious things. And then you learn to be, you know, more versatile mindset and physical. So it's awesome to play as many sports as possible. And it keeps you busy. I bet you got busy schedules. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you've had busy schedules forever. Yeah, it hasn't gotten any less busy. <laughs> so then after basketball, I'm guessing you roll into softball? I played softball my freshman and sophomore year, but unfortunately this year I think I'm going to be doing track. Okay, why unfortunate you say that? Well, like, I, I do love softball. I play travel softball. I don't know, it's just one of those things where you kind of fall out of love for the sport, and I've, I've enjoyed track. I... Eighth grade year, I was really good at long jump. Um, I just think it's, I, and I enjoy running. Running like clears my mind when I need it to. I run almost every day. Well, I used to in the summer when I had like more time. But I think track would be something new, like something to try before I move on to college. So I'm gonna try that this year. Perfect. So you're like, hey, it's my last go, senior year. Why not throw something else in there? Yeah. Perfect. And it sounds like you already have experience when you were younger and something that you, you know, like to do then. So, you know, why not do it again? Yeah, exactly. Is the long jump the event that you want to key in on or is there, you know, some different things that you want to do in track? Long jump for sure. I've been a member at JJR Level and Fitness. So one of my trainers, Mark Tabaka, he told me like, hey, like, I think you could be really good at shot put. I want to teach you. I want to train you. You could be really good. So I'm going to try that this year. And running events, I don't know. Maybe I'll get in some relay. Always need a relay runner. Always. Yes. Especially being taller, got the long legs, makes you a little faster. Yeah, you'll be in a relay. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I already talked to the track coach. He's like, hey, you could be in the 4x4. I'm like, all right, let's try it. The track coach, Marty McCransky, you got to love Talking to him, and if you haven't already, doing some track events with him is going to be amazing. He knows his stuff as well. It's always beneficial to have a coach who knows what they're doing, and so they can fix it, fix what you're doing wrong properly so that you can only become better. Saying that's what I've appreciated. Ed Vosnick knows what she's doing. Coach McGonagall knows what he's doing, and so does McCransky. So that's, I've gotten lucky with my coaches. That was going to be my next comment. We almost like started talking over each other. I was going to say the same thing. Abby knows what she's doing. Tom knows what he's doing. Marty knows what he's doing. So you're in good hands. Like not, I wouldn't say get yelled at, but you know, you got to get yelled at to be able to fix what you're doing wrong properly. You can't have an easygoing coach that just lets it slide. Yeah. And the three of them, you know, they care about you. You know that they like you as people. But you got, you do have to have those coaches that are not scared to be like, hey, Leah, hey, Brandon, you're doing that wrong. Let's do it this way, and it'll be better. Like, you got to have that. Yeah. I thought I'd add in Brandon so you didn't think I was yelling at you. <laughs>
Outside of sports, is there anything that you're interested in or involved in, Leah? I am an ambassador at St. Bede, which we have an open house tomorrow for the eighth graders. I pretty much just like show them the school. I represent the school. Obviously, I go to St. Bede, which is a Catholic school. I am a Eucharistic minister there, which is something new that I've never done. Um, I'm involved in Heritage Club and Interact Club. The Heritage Club is like learning about different cultures. Interact Club is we have like a certain amount of like hours we're supposed to get for community service to graduate, and that's just a nice way of being able to get out there and like earn those hours. Outside of school, I actually make diaper cakes with a lady who sells them on Etsy, which many people don't know what those are, which is just diapers in like the form of a cake that you sell or you give to people for baby showers. And then I work at Bruce and Allie's Ice Cream in Utica, so I'm actually pretty busy. <laughs> Yeah, you just named off all kinds of stuff. I love it. First of all, diaper cakes? Who comes up with that idea? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I actually had no idea what I was getting into, but my old neighbor sells those, and I was like, what is that? My first day working with her. And you learn a lot. It's crazy, like owning your own business. I pretty much could run my own business right now if I wanted to. Awesome. So not only are you helping people with their baby showers, you're making some cakes, which I'm sure you taste test. Well, at least I know I would. <laughs> and you're learning about businesses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's cool. What is her name? We got to give her a shout out. Uh, Laura Lenhausen. Okay. I want to call her, you know, Laura instead of the diaper cake lady. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You mentioned the Interact Club doing some community service events and things like that. What are some things that you've done to help out the community? A lot of it is with the Knights of Columbus. So I volunteer at like Hunger Blitzes, which is standing in the hy grocery store and being like, hey, could you purchase one of these items and donate it back to the food pantry? A lot of Tootsie Roll drives, which is pretty much the same thing. You just ask people, hey, like, would you like to donate to this? I'll give you a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Yeah, it's just different community projects with the Knights of Columbus. Okay. How does that go, or how does that work out? Like, I see them, and sometimes, you know, you'll see people stop, hand out, you know, cash or whatever it is. And then sometimes you see people walk by, giving dirty looks, and maybe somebody will say something. Have you ever run into anything? You're like, hey, man, I'm just trying to help out the community. Leave me alone. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you'd think, like, they'd be a little nice but some people are just so brutal brutally honest I should say and I'm like I'm sorry I'm just here for my school like I, you don't have to donate if you don't want to yeah if you don't want to then don't but you don't have to be rude to kids or even not kids adults just trying to help people out there's no reason to be rude about it yeah if I see anybody being rude to you when you're doing these drives I'll beat them up alright Leah oh, thanks perfect I gotcha even though I'm not really a fighter, so they might beat me up, but at least I'll distract them. Yeah, perfect. That that works. All right, perfect, perfect. And with the Heritage Club, learning about different, I guess, countries or regions or things like that, what are some interesting things that you've picked up or that you're interested in in that? The Heritage Club went to Naperville for a Spanish culture festival with like different setups of the culture but unfortunately I couldn't go because we did have one of our volleyball tournaments that weekend but it's different like we have different activities that revolve around different cultures that we learn stuff it's neat like I there's just stuff you don't know about and I like learning I love expanding my like knowledge about 
different cultures and anything. I love learning about stuff. Perfect. Is there any one country that you kind of want to go to because of things that you picked up in this club? I always love learning, and I've. it's my goal to go to every country. It's, they're all so interesting, so different. I love the different landscapes. I'm, I'm a traveling person. I've always wanted to go to Greenland and Iceland, both of them. We haven't learned about them, but it's my dream to go there. Perfect. So that's kind of... Greenland and Iceland. Those are uh, those are kind of north. Yeah, they're really north, but I I don't know. There's something about them. And if I remember right, or maybe this is an urban legend, so Greenland is actually cold and Iceland is kind of green. Yeah, which totally contradicts the names, but I don't know. They're both so beautiful, though. Like, I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, I hope you get there. Sounds like something you really want to do. Yeah. For sure. Well, every guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we play a game. Are you ready to play some hot potato, Leah? Yes, I am. You might have to put on some gloves. It kind of gets hot every once in a while. (laughs) Well, now that you just said them, Iceland and Greenland, which one would you go to first? Greenland. I love snow. I love everything about winter. I would definitely go to Greenland first. Basketball, your first love is in sports. We got two crazy, awesome Chicago teams right now. Chicago Bulls playing great ball. Chicago Sky just won their first WNBA championship. Which team are you going to root for first? Chicago Sky. You always got to go for the girls. Wasn't that awesome? Candace Parker is a beast. Courtney Van Vandersloot, oh my gosh, what a great point guard. She's amazing. I am now a Sky fan for life. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Perfect. We are in a weird area where some weird people like the Green Bay Packers and some are Chicago fans. So, Packers or Bears? Bears. My dad would be absolutely mad at me if I chose the Packers. We're going to go get some tacos. Are you getting chicken, steak, or beef tacos? Steak. I love steak tacos from Nina's Market in the South. They are the best steak tacos I've ever had. Shout out to Nina's, because I do love those as well. Nina's is amazing. Nina's is great. Next time I'm up that way, I'm stopping in. I'm going to. (laughs) I'll give you a plug. Maybe they'll give you some advertising dollars. Oh, perfect. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, uh, Pepsi. Car or truck? Truck. I love trucks. Summer or winter? Oh, um, I'm going to have to go with summer. Fall or winter? Oh, gosh. Winter. So you don't mind the cold? I like winter. I like the cold, but I don't don't know. I I think I chose summer because of, like, the vibes, you know, the summer vibes. (laughs) No school. Yeah, right. No school and the summer vibes are pretty cool. Yeah. We're in holiday season. Halloween or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. I actually, for my birthday dinner, I, my birthday's in April, but for my birthday dinner, I had Thanksgiving dinner. I had every food dish you could imagine. So we're talking turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all the works. Yes, all of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Are you more turkey or ham for Thanksgiving? Turkey, 100%. Mashed potatoes or mashed potatoes with gravy? 
Mashed potatoes with lots of gravy. Had to throw in the lots. Like, no, it's got to be drenched. <laughs> of course. Green bean casserole or corn? Corn. Pie or cake? Pie. Cherry pie or pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. I am a big pumpkin fan. Like pumpkin everything? Yes, pumpkin everything you can imagine, pumpkin. So some lattes? Oh, yeah, I actually had one right before this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're like, I got to talk to Brandon. I need some caffeine. I got to stay awake here. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect, perfect. Well, Leah Bosnich, senior at St. Bede, three-sport athlete, helped the Lady Bruins volleyball team to the first regional championship in 20 years, second in school history. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and talking all the awesomeness that we did. I appreciate you having me. Spoke with Leah Bosnich about the Lady Bruins volleyball team. We have to have the coach on. Abby Bosnich joining us now. How's it going, Abby? It's great. Thanks, Brandon, for having me. For sure. I had to. As soon as I saw what you guys were doing, a.k.a. winning a regional championship, I had to reach out and have you on. Yeah, it was a pretty special week for the Lady Bruins to be able to win a regional, especially being the 10 seed in the sectional. It was definitely something to be remembered. Yeah, we have a lot to break down. We'll start with that right there. 10 seed, come in and defeat Marquette, which has been a good team all year, defeat Streeter Woodland in the regional championship, had to, man, a 10 seed as a coach, you know, usually you will have those great teams. Sometimes they fall short, and then you have those teams, they're like, oh, they're not going to win much, and then they do. It had to be a crazy year for you. Yeah, it was really crazy. We started out kind of slow. Um, we really struggled in the beginning of the season to really find ourselves, and we went in through a really um, rough patch in the middle of the season, and I would say that we really hit, I would call a low at Bureau Valley, and we just didn't play well. We didn't play together as a team, and I knew that we needed a good way to regroup, and so we had a morning practice on a Friday, and we didn't put up the net, and all we did was just talk about our goals for the last two weeks of the season and how we were going to accomplish those goals, and and we went to the Plano tournament the next day, and it was a totally different team, and I knew there that the girls, no matter what happened in the next two weeks, were to do something special and I definitely saw that every day. What were some of the things like on the court that you saw change? Yeah you know before that day in the gym when we had our talk they were really just playing I would say like me volleyball and doing it for themselves and there was no I, I didn't really see a focus on each other and they would give up on balls so easily that I thought that maybe they could get but there wasn't necessarily that extra step or that drive to go get it and when we went to Plano I could just see that they were playing for each other they were wanting to go the extra step to get that ball that maybe would have fallen if they hadn't taken the extra step and and I could just see all of a sudden that they realized that they had a lot of potential that maybe they didn't believe they did before that. Volleyball is one of those sports like you have to play together. It's kind of like, you know, everybody uses football as the, you know, team sport and you got to be like a family. I think volleyball is right there with that. Yeah, volleyball is definitely a game of momentum. And I think that we had no momentum and no um, cohesiveness if you 
if that's a good word to use, keeping us together. And so when we did win games, it was more out of like we were just maybe better than the other team. And it wasn't because we were doing good things all together. And so after that day, the momentum and just being together really changed in our favor. And I saw things from each player, whether it was on the court or on the bench, that I hadn't seen before. And I could definitely tell a difference in the team. This regional being 2021, the second regional St. Pete has ever won, the first one being 2001, and you were actually a member of that team too. I was, yes. I was a senior the year that St. Bede won a regional, and um, it's a very special feeling, and I feel super blessed to be able to be a part of the second one that we've won at St. Bede Academy, bringing back that plaque to the to St. Bede and being able to share that with the girls, and I just kept reminding them um, Thursday night and even Friday at practice and Monday last night at our game, like, this is a memory you won't forget. Like, it's important. It's special. This is something like last night, there's only 64 volleyball teams playing in the state of Illinois. Like, you're one of them. And no matter what happens, win or lose in sectionals, like, nobody can take that regional title away from you. And and having only won one at St. Pete Academy 20 years ago, it just shows how special and rare that those regional titles can be. Because... The list of names that has went through the St. Bede program is quite impressive, thinking that none of them were able to win a regional. Some huge names, and then you're able to do it with a 10 seed. I've thought about that a lot as a coach. Like You think back to some of the teams that I've coached even, not even at St. Bede, but at Bureau Valley, I coached one of the best teams. And we were favored to win the regional and go on pretty far, and we lost in regional finals. And, and I think here, you know, having Hallie McGuire, Kayla McDavid, Macy Bosnick, Morgan Bosnick, Alexa Damrell, those kids come through the program and not having won a regional title at St. Bede. And, and this group, I truly believe it was just that commitment to change that they made two weeks ago. And they were going to prove me as their coach and everyone else that – they did have the ability to do well, and, and this week when I um, when I got to the regional games on Thursday, I had missed Tuesday and Wednesday, and when I got there on Thursday, when I saw them play, I had seen them on the screen Tuesday and Wednesday, but in person on Thursday, they were just a different group, and I knew when the game started on Thursday, I had a feeling we were going to be regional champions. It was a really good feeling. Gotta have those positive moments. A lot of times you go in like, man, this is a tough team. Uh, they might be able to beat us. But to have those moments like, hey, my team can play with anybody, that had to be special as a coach. Yeah, it was really special. When we went to the Plano tournament, we played Sandwich. And um, Sandwich has a girl that's going to UConn, and she is a great, great volleyball player. She's a middle, I would say she's about 6'4". And Allie Bosnick did a great job blocking her. And our defense did awesome against her. I know there was a few times that the girl hit and Allie blocked her. And Allie actually fell to the ground from the force of her hit. But I knew going against that team, we competed with them. We lost 24-26. We beat them 25-18 and then lost the third set 13-15. And that was one of the best teams we saw all season outside of our conference with Princeton and Newman. And I knew um, when I got done with that match that day that wow, this team really has turned it around. And I think going into the postseason, this is right where we need to be. Got to talk about that moment. You're, it's 24 points, 
regional final could win a regional championship it's right there at the fingertips what is going through your head knowing that it's going to happen yeah you know as a coach during the regional final game i just kept continuing to think about the next point like how can we get to the next point how can we get to point 11 how can we get to point 12 and Unfortunately, against Streeter Woodland, we never really trailed. We were always in the lead, and so we never had to play from behind. And so um, when we got to point 24, there was a ball that went to the outside that Leah Smudzinski had to pass over the net as a free ball. And I still don't know. I've watched the point multiple times. I'm not sure how Leah got it back over the net, and it barely went onto the other side of the net and Streeter Woodland hit it back and it was out and they it, the game ended on their air I just remember um, looking at the girls and just seeing the excitement in their face and and just seeing all of the crowd and the parents and my own parents being there and just knowing how proud everyone was that they could accomplish this when maybe everyone counted them out and so I I don't really I can't really explain the feelings that were going through my mind other than like I was just super blessed and super proud to be able to share that moment with them. And I know for them, I think that they felt that so many people had counted them out because maybe our season was not the season they had envisioned in the beginning. And so proving so many people wrong that like, hey, we were a regional final team and not only were we a regional final team, but we won the regionals. That was a really good feeling. I know as soon as that number goes on the banner in the gym at St. Bede, I'm taking a photo because I have been covering sports in this area for 10, 11 years. And every single time that I did a St. Bede volleyball preseason story or, you know, we're getting to the playoffs, like, hey, we're going to add that number, we're going to add that number, and then it didn't happen. And now it finally has. So when I seen that on Twitter, I just instantly started smiling like, they won, they, they did it. Yeah, you know, I think that was pretty cool. One of the first things that Nick McLaughlin, the AD at St. Bede, said to me on Friday when he came into the gym, when we were having the opportunity to still be practicing, was, I need to get that banner down. We still got the lift. We'll get 2021 up there soon. And it it just felt good. It just felt like a sense of pride, like, finally, we can put a number up there, you know. And I hope our younger classes did really well this year, our freshmen. We're first in the conference. Our sophomores were second in the conference. And I hope that we can build on the success that we had this year. And I think that when you're successful, people just want to be a part of that. And so I'm hopeful that we can continue to do that. And hopefully we don't have to wait another 20 years to put a number up there. It only takes one. You can keep it rolling, that's for sure. That's the goal. Definitely. And unfortunately, you know, only one team is not going to lose in the postseason when any classes. Class 1A has a lot of fantastic teams. You ran into one of them in Eastland yesterday on Monday in the sectional semifinal. And, you know, you're super happy you won a regional. You know, sometimes you got to think, hey, it's going to end somewhere, right? Yeah, you know, um, I was lucky enough to speak with Debbie Kelly from Newman. They had played Eastland in the regional finals and lost, and they had played Eastland in the season, and she had shared some you know, insight with me on Eastland and just some different things. We, I had watched some film on them, and I knew that Eastland had some strong hitters, and I knew Eastland was a good team, but I kind of looked at it as I had all of the other games that we've been playing recently. Like, I knew we had a chance. I knew that we could go there and play well, 
And all I wanted was for the girls to play hard and leave there knowing that they gave it everything they could. And when we lost the first set 24-26, I knew that the girls were giving it all they had. And um, I couldn't be more proud of them. And, you know, of course, I'd like to be at practice tonight and playing tomorrow. But, hey, there was only 64 teams playing yesterday, and we were one of the 64. So we'll continue to build on that. For myself, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, a definitely huge congratulations to the Lady Bruins. Thank you. But that is not the only awesome thing going on for you this week, is it? No, it was a pretty crazy week in my life last week. <laughs> Two big things. Uh, I was lucky enough to have an amazing daughter born on Monday before winning the regional title. So I had two huge blessings last week. I mean, that it's kind of making me tired of excitement. Just listen to the man. So a regional championship and a baby all in the same week. I had to, Wow. That's all you can say, right? <laughs> wow is right. You know, I was. I was super blessed. My daughter was born on Monday. Quimby Marie Donegan Bosnick was born on Monday afternoon. And thankfully, I have an awesome coaching staff in Savannah Dean and Ginger Ludford and Christina Hansen. And I was able to stay with my wife, Tiffany Gonagum, in the hospital until Wednesday when we were able to come home and be with her. So I didn't attend any regional practices or games until Thursday, the regional championship. So I was actually a little bit nervous attending the game. I wasn't sure if maybe I would bring some bad luck, but they assured me that I should come. But everyone did an awesome job so that I could be home with Quimby and Tiffany and send them pictures of the cute little girl and all of that. But it was definitely, probably, not probably, it was the best week of my life so far. That's pretty awesome. And you've already had a lot of crazy awesome weeks, so to say that, that's, you know, putting it up there. Yeah, I've had a lot of great things happen in my life, but the birth of my daughter definitely was number one, and then being able to win a regional in the same week, I know that I'm a pretty emotional person anyways, but when I got to regionals, I couldn't even talk to the girls. I was just so thankful to be able to be there, and I just felt so blessed, and they were all excited about the baby, and so we'd be in a timeout, and I would talk to them, and before I could even finish, they'd be like, okay, girls, this is for Quimby, and they would, like, yell that and then go back out on the court, and so just, like, knowing their excitement, and I'm so blessed that, like, she'll be able to be around such great athletes in her life, and I'm thankful for that as well. We have to talk about this name, though, Quimby. <laughs> I've never heard it before, but it's pretty cool. Like, I keep saying it, Quimby. Like, I, I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, Quimby is very special to us. Um, Tiffany's dad passed away last October, and um, we vacationed with the Gonagum family at Green Lake, Wisconsin. And so when we found out we were expecting a baby, um, we knew that we kind of wanted to pay tribute to her dad in some way, but we weren't sure how, especially when we found out it was a girl, because there's a lot of things around the lake that are boys, like Judson Tower or Malcolm Bay. There's not a lot of things that are girls. So we kind of started looking a little bit more, and um, one of the names that came up was Quimby. And so we talked about it a little bit, and I really liked it. Tiffany was not sold on it yet, and so we talked about it a little bit more. And then 
on photos, on Apple photos, you know, it labels the location on your photos. And so the last picture that Tiffany actually has with her father was on our jet ski. She had convinced her dad to go on a jet ski ride with her and it's labeled in Quimby Bay. And so when we um, saw that picture, uh, we knew Quimby was the right name. And so, you know, everyone says like, oh, well, you know, what if, what if Quimby doesn't work out? Like, what if she comes out and doesn't look like a Quimby? And the truth was, we didn't have a backup name. We knew that Quimby was her name. And so we were really lucky. She looks exactly like a Quimby. And Marie is a special name as well. My grandmother passed away, who I was very close to. That was her middle name. And Tiffany's grandmother's name was Marie. So Quimby Marie means a lot to both of us. I was always curious about that. When a baby comes, how do they look like a name? <laughs> I, I didn't understand that either. Everyone kept saying to me, like, what if she doesn't look like a Quimby? What if? And I was like, I don't know, because we don't have, like, we had never said, like, it might be Quimby or Alice or Quimby or we had never even talked about any other name. It had to be Quimby. And so I was nervous. But as soon as she came out, I knew that. As soon as I was able to hold her and see her, that her name was Quimby, and it stuck with her, and she's perfect just the way she is. So I'm really thankful to be able to be her mom and hopefully be able to instill in her all of the great things and raise her up around all these athletes that I've had the opportunity to coach so they can share with her these great things as well. I mean, I try not to be a gambling man, but if I could put odds on this, I have a good feeling that Quimby is going to be an athlete. I, I hope so, you know, Tiffany and I have talked about that as well, both of us being coaches, like, we'll support her in whatever she would like to do, and we hope that she'll enjoy sports, and, um, you know, I, I'm assuming she'll attend the basketball game here soon, in a couple weeks when high school basketball starts up, so we'll try and instill it in her early. Yeah, with you as a volleyball coach, Tiffany as Princeton girls basketball coach, I'm gonna. I might just have to put money on Vegas that Quimby's gonna be an athlete. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, you know, after the first night, um, Tuesday night after our first regional game, um, Coach Hanson dropped the iPad off to me at the hospital, and I was doing the stats. And Tiffany snapped a picture of me holding Quimby while I was doing stats, and I thought to myself, Oh boy, I hope that's. Maybe that might not be the last picture that her and I are watching film together. So it was pretty special. Well, I am happy for you and Tiffany. Congratulations on your baby. Thank you very much. I like these podcasts when there's just congratulations everywhere. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been, I can't say it enough how, how blessed I felt in the last week just to be able to experience obviously the birth of my daughter and definitely a regional title at St. Pete. It's just special all around. Just been a great week to be Abby Bosnich, that's for sure. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it hasn't been a bad week, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, Abby, every guest that we have on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we play a game. Let's play some hot potato. You ready? All right. I'm going to put you on the spot, and you don't have to answer this, but I got to just because I'm Brandon and this is how we do this show. So, having a baby or winning a regional championship? Uh, having a baby. That wasn't even close, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't close. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Let's go this route. 2001, being a player on the team. 2021, being a coach on the regional championship team. Oh, that one's tougher, Brandon. Um, 2001 was really special, being a player. Cause I'm not sure if you're aware, but my aunt, Melissa Bosnick, was the coach when I was the player. 
But being a coach and being able to see it through my athlete's eyes was, I think, just as special. So I'm going to say 2021 and being able to do it after 20 years is pretty special. Definitely. And I have spoke with your aunt. I did a story on her. I think it was Where They Now. And she told me about that. Yes, yes. We're in holiday season. Halloween or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or Christmas? Mm, Christmas. Oh, so you just go up the lane here. He's like, oh, Halloween's all right. Oh, but Thanksgiving in November is better. Oh, and Christmas in December is the best. I just think of what family I get to see at each holiday, and I get to see the most at Christmas, so. There you go. Also, it's not even about the gifts. No, no, it's not about the gifts, especially now. No one's going to buy me anything. They're going to buy for Quimby, so. Definitely. That's just <laughs> how it goes. You get older, that's just how it goes. That's right. But being that Halloween just passed, we got to talk about some candy. Snickers or Butterfingers? Ah, uh, Snickers. Kit Kats or Reese's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Skittles or Starburst? Skittles. And then the ultimate dilemma in my world of candy, M&M's or Skittles? Oh, goodness, Skittles. You have the same dilemma. <laughs> I do. I'm not a huge chocolate fan. Car or truck? Um, truck. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. And one more for the road. Country music or rock and roll? Oh, that one's tough. Um, country. Even though nowadays they're all starting to sound the same. It's all popular. That is very true. It is. Like, when I was growing up, my mom would listen to real country, like the Conway Twitties and the George Straits of the world, and now it all sounds like we're listening to Justin Bieber. I know. Sometimes the girls ask me to play music, and I don't even know where these artists are from. I have to really look them up, so I'm telling my age there. <laughs> it happens to all of us, trust me. <laughs> Well, Abby, thank you for sharing everything awesome going on in your life. I know I've sent congratulations to you probably about 20 times. I will say it again. Congratulations on the birth of Quimby. Congratulations on St. Bede winning the second regional in program history and the first in 20 years. Congratulations to everything, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you again, Brandon, for asking me. Have a great night. You know, sometimes we like to change up how we do these shows. So on this one, episode 213, we got friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast, mascot to the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp, Devin Masters. What's going on, my friend? A whole lot. Ready to talk sports on the podcast today. That's what I like to hear. Let's get into this. I mean, there's all kinds of sports we could talk about, but this time, this chat this little discussion between us let's hit the nfl divisional round playoffs Woo! were they crazy on saturday and sunday that's for sure we had ourselves four of the best football games that i have ever seen uh, throughout my uh, uh childhood of watching football playoffs this uh past weekend we had some wild games three of them come down to a field goal to decide it and the Chiefs and Bills, as we know, was a wild, wild overtime thriller. For sure. First of all, before we jump into any of these, do you have any favorite teams or any bias with these teams? The Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans, San Francisco Giants, Green Bay Packers, Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, 
any fandom, any hates, anything about any of these teams? I have a big fandom of the Kansas City Chiefs and have since Patrick Mahomes took over under center. I've seen a lot of potential in number 15 when he first made his first career start in Kansas City, and I just watched him become a superstar of the NFL ever since. And I have lots of mutual, mutual respect for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills as well. Let's get into these games for sure. Let's start just how they rolled out. First was Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee Titans. I had the Bengals to win, and I was very, very happy that they did. I have chose them in my playoff bracket as well to win that game. I did not expect them to win that game, though, the way they did win that game. I was expecting them to win that game on a Joe Burrow 60-yard bomb to Jamar Chase to seal the deal. But I will take a win the way a win comes in the NFL. 52-yard field goal by the rookie, Evan McPherson. Man, that dude's got ice in his veins. He was on he point. He sure does. He was on point, on money, the whole the whole game. Yes, he was. He's earned his nickname, Money Mac, for sure, as his teammates call it. I mean, that kid is phenomenal. Uh, it's like the future of the NFL of kickers for years to come now is going to be 50, 60-yard field goals, which is just amazing to see in the sport of the National Football League. It is crazy. And what's awesome about this Bengals team, yes, they make it to the playoffs. They get the win, nineteen sixteen, but they got a two-year quarterback in Joe Burrow. They have a rookie wide receiver in Jamar Chase who is taking over the league in terms of just an amazing wide receiver and then this rookie kicker and Evan McPherson so they got a great nucleus already to roll with oh they sure do and their head coach he is something special as well they uh, have a great team they've overcome lots of adversity over the past three seasons the one season Andy Dalton was under center as we know he became the quarterback of the Chicago Bears and how long that lasted he had a great Thanksgiving day playoff football game for the Chicago Bears that led them to a victory on Thanksgiving Day. And we had to have a word about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it was the first game, first week since week six that the Tennessee Titans had all their big studs and Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown. Like, it was crazy. They hadn't played together for that long, so you could see the rust that was there. For sure, for sure. It was just spectacular to see the king, Derrick Henry, make his return with a steel plate in his foot and to come out and play the way he did in that playoff divisional round game. He's still a monster, fast and super strong. Oh, he is such a monster with a football. Put the football in his hands and he is destined to do some damage to the opposing team on the other end. So, both happy that we got Cincinnati right in the picks. I was wrong about the next three, starting with San Francisco at Green Bay. San Francisco gets the 10-7 win off a 45-yard kick from Robbie, good as gold. Yes, sir. Boy, I mean, what can you not say about Robbie Gold? The man has made 20 career playoff field goals in his playoff career. The man is just a playoff genius when it comes to a kicker. He, He is just money every time. Hasn't missed a playoff field goal yet in his career, and don't expect him to for a while. I love it. I mean, I still think he's a Chicago Bear. He's wearing a San Francisco 49ers jersey as a Halloween costume is the way I look at it. 
Me as well. I mean, he is a Bears legend for sure for what he did for the Chicago Bears in his entire career in Chicago. He's also become a 49ers legend on their football team as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So when I asked you if you had any bias, any likes or dislikes, the only one that I could really say is the Green Bay Packers, and I absolutely hate them. I like every single sports organization across every single sport more than the Green Bay Packers, but when it comes to picking games, I try to be realistic, push my bias aside. I thought Green Bay had this. I thought Green Bay was going to go to a Super Bowl, just kind of on the fairy tale Aaron Rodgers story and thinking like, hey, he's not going to be a Packer next year. They're going to do something. I mean, I got to be straight honest with you as well. I honestly thought they would do something special this year as well. To see it in the way it did for Green Bay especially, you could feel the heartbreak for their fan base and their culture that they've built there over this past 17 seasons Aaron Rodgers has been there I mean Aaron Rodgers is a great great football player and I am biased with the Packers as well I'm not a huge fan of their organization or their fan base but they do have a damn good football team Uh, I won't even say that I'm glad they lost I don't care about the fans I'm glad I'm glad San Francisco though Jimmy G, he did Jimmy G things. He looked good, and then he didn't, and then he looked good, and then he didn't. But Robbie Gold comes through and saves him. But, man, Jimmy G is one of those quarterbacks that, like, he's borderline great, borderline mediocre. Yes, for sure. I mean, he does have his moments where he throws interceptions in good football games, especially games where he shouldn't be throwing interceptions, like in a playoff divisional round game. But he did come up big for his team this past weekend, and I think he played a major role on why they pulled off the upset in Green Bay. Definitely, definitely. Let's move forward to Sunday's games. The first game was the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. L.A. is leading 27-3. You and I are texting like, man, this game's pretty much over. What's going to happen? I'm like, hey, it's Tom Brady. We never know. You agree. All of a sudden, it's 27-27. Brady has a chance to win, but then the Rams, in like 45 seconds, maybe 50 seconds, something like that, bring the ball up the field, and Matt Gay kicks a 30-yard field goal to take the 30-27 win. Man, you know that was a crazy game. It was a crazy game. It was one of those games that was back and forth, back and forth during the second half of that football game, and nobody would have seemed to have thought that the Buccaneers would have made a comeback. I mean, me, myself, I didn't think they were going to make a comeback like they did. But like you said, it is Tom Brady after all. And Tom Brady does Tom Brady things on the football field. He did. You got to give the man credit. He took his uh, team down the field with 36 seconds on the clock, 77 yards of three plays and scores a touchdown. Then Stafford leads the Rams down the field for the game-winning field goal. Cooper Cup makes two important, crucial catches for the Rams offense. Matt Gay, the former Buccaneer, comes into Tampa, walks out of Tampa, advancing his team to the NFC Championship game. I know you uh, jotted some stats down. What were Cooper Cup's stats in this game? Cooper Cup had nine receptions for 183 yards and one touchdown. Along with Cam Akers, who carried the football 24 times, 48 yards, and one crucial fumble that could have cost the Rams offense and the Rams that game. 
Oh, yeah. Cam Akers is another boom or bust type of player. He has great games, and then he has games where he does nothing and costs off the ball. Exactly. I mean, the man's fun to watch at the running back position, but at the same time, you can't be coughing up the ball in an important game like Sunday's game was. Definitely. And to elaborate on Cup's performance, I mean, 183 yards, a crazy touchdown where they caught the defense off guard. I mean, where do you put him in the ranks of wide receivers? We have great wide receivers all throughout the league at the moment. Where do you put him? Is he the best? Right now, I have to say Cooper Cup is one of the best in the National Football League in in today's age of football. I would have him in the top ten. And I would have him at number one with Jamar Chase in the top ten somewhere around there. He wouldn't be top three, top five, but he'd be around the top ten. Gotcha. I have to say Cup's number one. I mean, he is the, I guess we'll call it the triple crown leader in the NFL with most yards, most touchdowns, most receptions, most pretty much everything as a wide receiver. Especially the most yards after the catch that are majorly important in football games to determine the final scores of these games as well. No doubt, no doubt. The Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, wow. We want to call a main event of a amazing two days of playoff football. This was. This capped it off and made the whole weekend just all around like, oh my gosh, what did we just watch? Exactly. I mean, where to start with this game? Josh Allen, the kid is absolutely phenomenal. He can do it all. He can run the football. He can pass the football. He throws the football in tight windows like Patrick Mahomes. The two quarterbacks have mutual respect for each other on and off the football field. But those two played their absolute hearts and butts off in that football game. It was a back-and-forth football game for quite a while there, and then comes overtime with a coin toss, and the Chiefs just take it down the field, one minute, 45 seconds, and we all know what happens when they get to the five-yard line. Mahomes throws it to Kelsey to seal the deal for Kansas City. To send Kansas City to their fourth straight AFC championship game, and the Kansas City Chiefs become the first team in history to host four straight AFC championship games. Yeah, they got a squad right now, and they're on a crazy awesome roll. You talked about the 145 and the overtime for them to get that touchdown. In the last one minute and 54 seconds of the fourth quarter, the two teams combined for 25 points. That was the most exciting, jaw-dropping, like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen at the end of this game? And I've been watching football since I was... Oh, I'm going to say like eight, seven years old. So we're going, you know, 25, 26 years of me watching football. So to see that and to be able to say that, that should show how crazy of a game that was. It sure was. And then what really blew my mind in all this game was how the Chiefs offense used the 13 seconds that were left on the clock after the Bills just scored the go-ahead touchdown to go 44 yards and get in the field goal range to send this game the game-tying field goal to send the game to overtime. I mean, it was absolutely insane. No doubt. No doubt. A really, really crazy game. So with that said, we got the divisional games over. Now we head into the AFC-NFC championship games. Let's start NFC. San Francisco at L.A. Give me a winner, a score, and kind of what you think is going to happen. 
All right, I'm going to start first with the NFC Championship game. I think this is going to be a tight game, especially when it gets to the fourth quarter. Jimmy G is going to do Jimmy G things in this game. One thing he cannot do that will cost his team the victory if he does do this is throw an interception. Jimmy G has to be perfect in this game. No interceptions. Absolutely make the completions to his wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs. And he's going to have a phenomenal game. I think Matt Stafford and the LA Rams offense is going to make this a tight game. But in the end, I have San Francisco winning off Robbie Gold's leg again in the fourth quarter. I am definitely going to differ from you. I think L.A. takes it. Their offense is way crazy dynamic. I don't think San Francisco can mess with them in the secondary. In the front, they got Bosa. They got a couple other guys that can do some damage. We'll see what happens there. But I don't think San Francisco's secondary can hang with L.A. Then you look at L.A.'s defense. Oh, my. Donaldson was a monster. Jalen Ramsey is a monster. I don't think that San Francisco's offense is going to be able to do anything against L.A., so I'm going probably like a three-score game in L.A.'s favor. And I'm I'm totally with you on that one. This game is in either team's favor. It's who's going to make the least mistakes will win this game. And speaking of that Rams defense, they are stacked on all sides of the football, from their front seven to their secondary, like you had said. Yeah, they pick up Von Miller halfway through the season. That dude is playing like a crazy, awesome player that he's been in the past. He's playing lights out. He looks like his Super Bowl 50 MVP self with the L.A. Rams, where they are playing right now in football. And... What can you say that Aaron Donald cannot do? That man is a beast on the football field. And then you got Leonard Floyd on the opposite side of him, who has just come off tremendously for the Rams ever since he was traded from the Bears to the Rams. The man has just become a football stud on the defensive side. You said Jalen Ramsey is a absolute stud when it comes to the football. He is a ball hawk type of football player. Throw the ball his way, and there is no no doubt in my mind that that man is going to try and make this interception for his team. Yeah, definitely agree about Ramsey. And during this broadcast, they were saying that Aaron Donald is considered as the best football player in the league. Doesn't matter what position. You kind of have to agree. The dude is fast, he is strong, and he is in on every single play. Yes, and he's got hands, too. He's got really good hands, as we all know. He can take down two offensive linemen, offensive tackles, and still get to the quarterback or bull rush them. He can do absolutely everything on the defensive side of the football. And I'm right there with you. He is the best football player in the football league. As of today, I would have to say, as well. Let's flip it over to the AFC Championship game. We have Cincinnati Bengals at Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and say my score and winner first this time. I'm going to go Chiefs. I am also going to say that this is a larger margin than the games that we saw over this past weekend. I'm going to give KC probably two touchdowns over the Bengals. I'm going to make my prediction as well. I say the Chiefs and the Bengals this game is going to be even more exciting than the Bills and the Chiefs were this past weekend. This game will be very high scoring or maybe low scoring. 
but it's going to be the Chiefs that come out on top, and my prediction as well, with a Patrick Mahomes pass, Tyreek Hill to seal the deal, they will send the Chiefs to their third straight Super Bowl in three years. Uh, I love your optimism. I mean, we just saw four amazing games that came down to the wire. That doesn't happen like that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking like we are. And I don't think there's any way the football gods are going to allow us to see six straight games that go down to the wire like that. I really, really would love that. And I like your predictions better than mine. But... I just don't see it, especially we're talking about that L.A. offense and this Kansas City offense that tore it up and did really good against supreme defenses. San Francisco, to me, is not a supreme defense. Cincinnati Bengals is probably a top 10 or 13 defense, but not a supreme defense. I really just don't think San Francisco or Cincinnati can keep up with their opponents. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm right there with you, Brandon. I mean, I got to agree with you, everything you just said there. I think that we will end up seeing the L.A. Rams host a home Super Bowl for the, for, or the second time in the second straight year since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it last year. I can see the L.A. Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl. I think the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, it's going to be a tight scoring game, and it's going to be a close window, but in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs are going to do what Chiefs do, and they're just going to take over the football game, and the Cincinnati Bengals won't be able to play catch-up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow is a good quarterback, and he's in his second year. The man is coming into the league and doing absolute, absolute crazy things, and just to imagine that he's only in year two and playing the way that he is. The Cincinnati Bengals are in good hands for years to come with him under center. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. We talked about that earlier, and I agree. The only thing that makes me rethink my prediction of Kansas City kind of not really blowing them out by, but winning favorably is Kansas City's defense can be shaky at times, and the Bengals have a great offense, obviously, but they know where they're going. They're going to Jamar Chase, or they're going to the guy that they went to this past game. What was his name? Henderson? T. Higgins. There you go. Higgins. That's his name. I said Henderson. Higgins. So they went to Higgins, and Higgins had some huge plays because they were worried about Chase and not worried about him. Well, now they just seen that. So that gives Andy Reid, who is a mastermind in the game of football, NFL style, I just think they take some of those options away and the Bengals are not going to be able to do what they did before. I, I am there with you because as we all know, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs met in the regular season on week 17. And we know who came out the winner in that game and the Cincinnati Bengals will win the AFC North where they win in that game, which they absolutely did pull off. Only this time around, they say it is harder to beat your opponent when you have to play them twice, especially in the postseason. And I do not see the Cincinnati Bengals uh, beating Kansas City in Kansas City in the postseason. Josh Allen was having trouble hearing at Arrowhead. It is going to be way louder at the AFC Championship game. Absolutely. I have to agree with you 110% there. Arrowhead has got to be one of the best football stadiums in the entire National Football League as they have some of the loudest fans, if not the loudest fans, in all of football. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Devin, 
Thank you for joining us, breaking down these games, having some predictions for the AFC-NFC Championship games. I know you're going to be watching. I will be too. Yes, sir. Look forward to it. Can't wait to see what happens and who we get in the Super Bowl.